Good morning, family. stand today. I want to welcome you, Lord. Welcome you in this place, Heavenly Father, with our worship. We thank you, Lord, for your love. Oh, yeah. Let's just sing this song together as a truth, anthem of truth. Come on. Let your voice go.
come and make your throne upon our praise here in this place have your way the moment that we see you we are changed and show us your glory and show us your glory in wonder and surrender we fall down and show us your glory show us your glory let everybody cross we come alive here we're undone overcome by heaven's love revealed before our eyes show us your glory show us your glory in wonder and surrender we fall
My son, take off your shoes because this, the place where you stand is holy ground. Heavenly Father, this is holy ground too. And we lift up our praise and our worship to you. And we pray that you show us your glory like you did to Moses in the burning bush, like you did to Elijah in the quiet voice, like you did to Isaiah in his poetic prophecy. Show us your glory. Make us holy ground. Make us holy ground. Make us holy ground. This is Tarashi was talking about. consuming fire when the Lord had revealed himself to Moses. And the Lord was telling him, Lord, uh, Moses rather, he said, it's, it's me, Yahweh. It's Yahweh. And Moses stood there before the Lord fighting against it. give all these excuses. But Lord, but Lord, I can't do this. But Lord, yes you can. But Lord, you don't understand. But yeah, but Lord, but, but, but Lord. Many of us have come into this place today. In this holy ground as the Holy Spirit has come upon us today. And as we sang that song, show us your glory. We're saying, Lord, Moses stood before that burning bush, before Yahweh himself. Hey church, I got news for you We're doing the same thing right now His spirit is upon us right now And he's giving us this directive And he's tugging at your heart right now And he's talking to you He's talking to you 
telling you, church. Jesus, you change everything. And Moses at that moment didn't understand that he can do it. But at that moment before the, before the Lord himself, before Yahweh, chains fell. Fear bowed. Jesus, you change everything. See, what we do here is we don't just sing songs, we sing truth. And so as we sing this next song, church, I want you to be reminded of something. Just like Moses, we all come in here thinking we can't do this and we have troubles in our lives and we're going through a lot in life. But we have to remember, Jesus, you change everything. Chains fall, fear bows. Jesus, you, say that with me, you, you change everything, Jesus. Lives healed. Hope is found. Jesus, you change everything. So as we sing this next song, there's a line here. Lord, I need nothing else except for you, Jesus. That's all I need, Jesus, because you change everything, Lord. I drop my chains here before you, Lord. I want fear to bow before you right now, Lord. I want my fear to bow before you, Lord. I need my chains to bow before you, Lord. Just like Moses. I need that to fall. Can we sing this together, church? Caught up in your presence I just want to sit here at your feet
Holy Spirit, thank you so much for meeting us here this morning. God, you are here right now. We just take a moment and bask in God's presence. Praise God. Praise God. Heavenly Father, we thank you because I know you're here. And where your presence is, God, anxiety is gone. Depression is gone. Addiction is gone. None of it matters right now because all that matters is the fact that we are here with you right now, the creator of all the universe, God. Who are we that you are mindful of us? That you said, I know you're broken. I know you're sinful, but I love you so much. I will pay the ultimate price to be here with you right now on February 20th. 2022 here in Albuquerque, New Mexico at New Beginnings Church. God, thank you for being here. Lord, teach us to continue to walk in your presence. Let it not just be a, hey, we'll we'll get a taste of Jesus on Sunday morning and forget about it every other day, God. Let's always live with you. Teach us to be constantly spirit-filled, God. Teach us that. This is not about just getting us into heaven. It's about getting heaven into us, Heavenly Father. Help us to walk filled with your spirit, God. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your presence, God. And thank you for who you are and what you do. It's in your precious and holy name we pray. Amen. Church, you may be seated. My goodness, I... Sometimes I just don't know what to say because when God shows up, it's like, yeah, God's here. Like, need I say more? You know, like, I'm just so blessed to be a part of this congregation. I'm so blessed. So can we give that worship team a round of applause? Like, I always make the joke. I'm like, dang, were you guys in heaven when you sang that? But like, heaven being God's presence uh, and God's presence being here. I think we were all in heaven when they sang that. That was just fantastic. I'm so excited to be here. Guys, my name is David Sanchez. I'm the youth director here at New Beginnings Church. Um, And we've got a couple announcements for you guys real quick as we wait for Pastor Mike to uh, come back up here. You know, Pastor Mike, he does a great job here with the worship. And he also helps, yeah, give him a round of applause. This dude, man, he's got more on his plate than I do at Golden Corral across the street, like, it's insane. And like, like you, I stack that up. Like, it, anyway, Pastor Mike, another thing he does other than this is he is the New Mexico West Texas District Youth Coordinator. Uh, and so he's going to tell us about some of the exciting stuff we've got going on. What's up, family? Uh, church, I love you guys. Man, it's so awesome to worship with you. I, thank you very much for worshiping. Man, it, it was an awesome time. I just wanted to say thank you for that. Mm. It was so awesome. But church, thank you, Brother Dave. Um, as, as Brother Dave kind of let you know, I am the New Mexico West Texas. Here's, here's the tongue twister for you guys. New Mexico West Texas Ministries of the Church of God. <laughs> State Youth Coordinator. Okay, so we have four uh, congregations in our district, it, which includes all of the state of New Mexico and El Paso. We, we West Texas, and by West Texas, we mean El Paso. Okay, and just that one area, as Pastor Richard always says, El Paso is that one city in Texas that New Mexico doesn't want and Texas doesn't claim. 
<laughs> so they said, uh, El Paso belongs to New Mexico. Uh, the Church of God said, take El Paso. And we're like, okay, cool. That's cool. But they're a part of our family in the Church of God. And uh, we have four congregations that we represent. And we have, that means four autonomous congregations. And each one of them has their own youth department. And so I, I kind of, I don't oversee them, you know, but I help them in coordinating all of our events. And I, I help them and I walk them along and I kind of take people like Brother Dave and I, you know, show them the ropes and kind of do them because I've been in their shoes before. And so we help each other out. And so in that, I want to talk to you guys about something I know uh, a lot of you are really excited about. Young people, uh, summer camp is upon us. Yes, sir. Can I get an amen? Come on. Amen. Summer camp is here. How many of us went to summer camp as kids, whether it was Church of God or not? Summer camp, anywhere, summer camp, right? All right. I don't see a lot of hands going up. So here's a great opportunity for you guys to be able to take advantage of summer camp. Brother Dave, this is a, what we call a captive audience. <laughs> My brother Dave, okay? Sure. Guys, in all seriousness, summer camp is a life-changing event. Mm-hmm. Life-changing event. Summer camp will be uh, June the 20th through the 24th this year, and pre-registration begins next week, okay? So if you have a child that is in the third grade this year, going into the fourth grade, all the way through a senior in high school, graduating this year from high school, I want to invite you to come to summer camp with us, okay? It is a life-changing event. Brother Dave, I want you to give us, so people like myself... My wife, um, uh, guys up here, uh, Javier, our drummer, Zoe, one of our worship leaders, uh, so many in here that have gone to summer youth camp. Uh, we have so many volunteers and just people growing up in the church that are now leaders in our churches in and around the state and around the country that have participated in things like summer camp that has altered their life forever, Okay. And I want you guys to understand. And Brother Dave, tell us a little bit about some of that life change that happens and why that yeah. impacts you so much. Yeah, for sure. So, like, for me, uh, you know, a bit about my story. I grew up without a dad. Um, and for those of you who know, that, that'll that pretty much mess you up for your entire life. Um, like, I'm in therapy. It's fine. Um, but <laughs> anyway, I, I was Coffee really— Coffee doesn't count, David. Okay, okay. Never. I'm not in therapy. Um, I'm just joking. Um, so— I always had this, like, low-grade burning bitterness inside of me just growing up. And I'm sure many of you can relate. There's just something inside of you that you feel like you were cheated. You feel like you were wronged, and you almost want to blame God for it. That's where I was at when I was 15 years old back in 2016. Um, I was 15 years old, went to camp, and uh, Pastor Bamba was there. Uh, If you guys know Bamba, he's a great dude. Um, He... Talked to me about a similar situation he was in, and he talked a lot about forgiveness. And um, I think he was quoting actually Pastor Richard when he said, "Not forgiving someone is like you know drinking poison and expecting them to die," you know. And I was like, you know, what? I feel like I'm dying, and I feel like I drank that poison. And I finally, for the first time, found some people who could relate and who showed me that there is life and life to the full waiting for me on the other side of grace. And so that's when I really said, I am serious about Jesus. And on top of that, that was a camp in IYC year. After that, I went to IYC. I connected with my friend Chris Camaras over here, and we've just been, like, keeping each other fired up ever since. 
And it's been great. And now Chris and I and Lena and some of the other youth people, we're trying to do the same for the youth that are coming behind us. And, yeah, that's what camp did for me. Amen. Dave, tell us. Amen. It's a, it's a life-changing event. One of the most important facts of that, guys, is that we get to be, get away. We're three hours south of Albuquerque. So we're not too far from home. We're still comfortable. We're mom and dad. You guys are still somewhat in control. They have running water. They have phone lines. We're okay. <laughs> okay. Close, close enough to home. You guys can feel comfortable. But they're far enough out to where they get away. Mm-hmm. All the distractions are gone. We don't allow them to have the Wi-Fi passwords. Mm. Okay. So they get to disconnect. Mm. Okay. They get to disconnect, completely disconnect. Mm. Okay. Now, families, it's important that you guys really, really make an effort to send your kids to summer youth camp this year. Mm. This year, just like David's experience, his first experience, this is a, this is a camp IYC year. I want you to look into both events seriously, okay? Mm. Right now we're talking about summer camp. But pre-registration begins next week. There is some cost involved, so I want you guys to think about that. Mm. There are scholarships available, so it's okay. And guess what? We also have fundraising available for it too. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we're going to have some fun now. Time is of the essence right now mm-hmm. because we need that pre-registration for a couple of reasons. We need registration so we know how to plan effectively, so the facility knows how to plan effectively too. Last year, guys, we took almost 100 kids. We took 92. Mm-hmm. Okay, 92 kids between juniors, junior campers, what we call junior campers and senior campers. This year, we're shooting for 100. Will you pray with us and join us in prayer and, and, to, and, and, and join us in that fight and understand that? It, and so remember this, guys. It's not about the number that we take. It's not just about some badge of honor about a number that we're going to take. It's about the lives that are impacted. That number represents the lives that we get to impact. Mm. Okay? It's not about, the, oh, guess what? We took 100. No, it's not about mm. that. It's I want to impact 100 lives for Christ. Mm. Young people to dedicate their lives to service, to dedicate their lives to ministry. Every year we make a call for these young people to dedicate their lives to ministry, to dedicate their lives to Christ. Mm. And we have a living testimony right here, right here on the stage, sitting right over there serving, sitting right back there serving. They're standing out there serving. They're around this country serving because they decided to raise their hand and say, I want to make that call to ministry. So we're impacting lives. Mm. Amen. Thank you, church, and I hope you get to, I hope you seriously consider that. All right? Absolutely. Thank you very much, church. I love you guys. Yeah. Give Pastor Mike another round of applause. Heck yeah. And church, just so you know, we are going to start taking pre-registrations, as he said, and whenever it comes time to actually think about payment and stuff like that, I want you to know we can take incremental payments if uh, if you're like, listen, I know it's like 150 bucks, 200, whatever it is. I should probably know that by now, but it's fine. Um, if if you're like, it's 200 bucks or whatever, and you're like, I got 20 right now, you can put 20 towards it, come back next week, put another 20, and you can do that if that's an easier route for you. And also, I want to let you know, we got a few fundraisers coming up. Um, I have this dream about Camp and IYC. I, I know how impactful it was for me and for some of my friends here. Um, and I know how great it can be. And so I have this dream. I want to make camp eventually this event where it's like pay for your T-shirt and that's it, 20, 25 bucks. 
and I want to make IYC an event that normally costs like $500, $600. I want to make that cost about as much as camp does, $150, $200. We are going to start fundraising like crazy, and I truly believe that we can make this an accessible event that we can make, that we can bring so many kids to. And so next Sunday, uh, this so the following Sunday, not today, but the following, uh, we will be doing a bake sale out in the mall. Uh, if you just want to support us with whatever you can, or if you want to support us by donating some baked goods, please talk to me afterwards, and we can get the ball rolling on that. So we'll be doing that next week. Uh, and also, we have a banquet that's going to be taking place in March. I'm so excited on that. More on that later. And we've got so many great things happening here at the church. And one of those great things is the sermon series that Pastor Richard is about to start today. This guy is always just hitting us with so much new knowledge. Pastor Richard is the type of guy that the morning his feet hit the ground, at the moment his feet hit the ground in the morning, the demons in hell are like, oh shoot, he's awake. (laughs) So why don't we welcome our wonderful pastor up to the stage. I love that kid. (laughs) You know what, uh, Two other announcements I really want to make. One is the next Sunday, a week from today, is Baptism Sunday. So if you have never been baptized since you've given your life to Jesus, it's so important that you do that. So if you've never done that, next Sunday come to the 11 o'clock service. We'll have a class during, like it starts about 1130. And then immediately after, you're baptized out there, so you've got to bring a full change of clothes. If you forget a towel, we got some towels, but we don't really have a lot of clothes floating around here. So I hope that we, we really usually do, but we give it to God's warehouse and give it out to the homeless. So that's why we don't keep it here. But, uh, but I hope that you're going to get baptized. And if uh, your son or daughter is getting baptized, Dad or mom, if you're a Christian and you've been baptized, you can baptize them. And we'll be allowed you to do that, to help out. The other thing is we're bringing back to life a ministry that had been dormant because of the pandemic and everything. But this Friday at 6 p.m., we're going to have what's called Joy, Just Older Youth. It's for 55-year-olds and older. Okay, so we don't card anybody, so if you're 54, we don't say, sorry, we don't want your young kids in here. (laughs) But it really is an awesome time for people 55 and older to get together. They're going to have a blast. Um, Is this a potluck? Okay, it's a potluck, so make sure if you come, bring something with you. Um, And I don't mean bring like an empty pot so you can take stuff home, okay? But uh, anyway, hey guys. I'm kicking off a new series today that I'm calling Family Stepping Stones. I really believe that families need to have the discussion that I'm talking about here today and that I'll be talking about for the next few weeks. The discussion of speaking to your husband and wife, son and daughter, your grandchildren, your family about the importance of discovering who God made you to be. Because there's stepping stones that we need to give our family, our husband, our wife, our son, our daughter, our our grandchildren, for them to step and get closer to God, to walk with the Lord and, and, and become Christians. Do you know that the word Christian 
is only used two times in the New Testament. Yet the word in Christ, believers in Christ, men and women in Christ, is used 89 times. Because God wants us to live our lives in Christ, to find out our identity, to find out who we are. Because when you are in Christ, he gives you an identity. Our our, our problem is that we get our identity by what people speak into us. So when you're a kid, they tell you certain things, and, and, and that's your identity. If you have red hair, they call you red. If you're kind of blondie, they call you wet or wet eye, and on and on and on. You know, if, and, and the Bible tells us that Jesus Christ and God the Father, God the Son, and Holy Spirit, they have names for us. They have called us by name. And they're the ones that give us our identity because a lot of us have our identity by what we accomplished, what we've done. So when you get out of high school and then if you decide to go on to college, then I'm a college graduate. So that's one of your identities. You decide to get married, I'm so-and-so's husband, I'm so-and-so's wife. So now you're known as their husband or wife. But what happens if you get divorced or, or your husband or your wife, your spouse dies and now you're a widow and you kind of know, you don't even know who you are anymore. Your children move away, and you have an empty nest, and, and now you're like, man, well, I'm their mom, but I, 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 used to, I don't even know how to cook for two people anymore. And, and, you, and you have this identity crisis. And because you have an identity crisis, and young people, I hope you get to hear this, but, but I really pray all of us do, because there's some of you that still have never come to know Jesus Christ, and you haven't come to know the identity that God gives you to live out your life. And so you're walking around lost. You're walking around uh, just just confused. And in, uh, in the book of Ephesians, chapter 1, verse 11, he says right there, furthermore, because we are united in Christ, because we are in Christ, we're united with Christ, we have received an inheritance from God, for he chose us in advance. He makes everything work out according to his plan. He chose us. Father, I pray that we really come to understand and discover who we are in you, who God made us to be. And I pray this in Jesus' name, amen. There's four discoveries that I'm going to talk about, four stepping stones that I want to talk about. And the first one is this. You've got to discover that you have been chosen, loved, and accepted in Christ. That you were chosen, loved, and accepted. Everyone wants to be chosen, loved, and accepted. Everyone wants to be chosen. You remember PE? I've talked about this before. Okay, we're going to play soccer today. We're going to play basketball, volleyball. Okay, you two, pick teams. And now you're standing against the wall or the fence, and you're going, please pick me, please pick me, please pick me. Don't let me be the last one to be picked. Please pick me, please. And then they're down to the last two, and you're one of them. Please, don't let me be the last one. Everyone wants to be chosen. Everyone wants to be accepted. Everyone wants to be chosen. But look at the passage I just read. He says, he chose us. Look at Ephesians chapter 1, verse 4 and 5. Even before he made the world, before God even made the world, before he created this earth, God loved us and chose us 
in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. Before he even made the world, he chose us. And then he goes on to say, God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family, to bring us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do. And he says, it gave him great pleasure. You see, God chose you before he even started the world. He had you in mind. He knew he was going to create you. Now you might say, well, no, my mom and dad created me. And see, some of you think, and I was an accident. I was a surprise. There's no thing as accidental children. I really mean that. God creates children. Now, there's a lot of accidental parents. They didn't expect to become parents. They are surprised parents. They're like, oh, my goodness gracious. But God isn't going, oh, man, what happened? He knows what happened, and he chose to give you a child. That's why don't abort the child. God gave it to you. He's made that child for you. And he's saying, I've chosen you. I've accepted you. I've created you. I love you. He does these things, and it gives him great pleasure. And if you come to understand that, you will finally start functioning in the calling God has for you. Because we don't accept that really well. We don't think we're chosen. We don't think we're smart. We think we're dumb. Some of us go through life going, tonto, 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 tonto. Dummy, 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 dummy. And I always look, I used to like the Lone Ranger way back in the day. You, you young people don't know what I'm talking about. I'm not talking Johnny Depp. He wasn't even born yet. But you had the Lone Ranger and you had his sidekick, Tonto. But I'm a Chicano. I'm a Mexican. My first language was Spanish. And I go, mira mamá, le dice tonto. Look, mom, he calls it the Indian tonto. Hey, tonto. And you know what tonto, uh, I mean, tonto called him? Him no sabe. So you had a dummy and one that didn't know anything. Oh, he no sabe, he no sabe nada. I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't know what, who the writer was of that. I don't know if they did research. Maybe in Native American language, maybe... Tonto is a good thing, but for all the Mexicans, they're going, wow, he's calling him dummy. And Kino Sabi, oh, man, he's calling him. He don't know nothing. I'm like, wow, the blind leading the blind. But you know what? Hear me. Don't miss what I'm about to say because some of us have been calling people and naming people names that curse them. We've put a name on them. Come on, useless, get over here. Come on. Oh, my gosh, you're never going to amount to anything. You're late for everything. You're even going to be late for your own funeral. Man, why do we curse that like that? God says, I have chosen you. I have loved you. I have accepted you. I don't know why some of us God chose to make with 
some kind of deformity or challenge. All of us have some kind of challenge. We're all dysfunctional. Some people are just malfunctional. You know, you know I really mean that. They end up making bad decisions because they're dysfunction. But we all came from Adam and Eve. He said, no, man, it's a, God, it's a woman you gave me, dude. And she's going, it's not really not my fault, it's a serpent. Then one kid kills another, you're like, oh, my gosh. We came from that family. So we're all, that's why we're all messed up. But look what he says in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. But you are not like that. Hear me, you are not like that. Now he's talking and he's clarifying. You're not that anymore. You're not that dumb, 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 dumb. You're not that I'll never amount to anything. You are not like that for you are a chosen people. I have chosen you, God says, and I've chosen you to be a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's very own possession. And as a result, you can show others the goodness of God for he called you out of the darkness into his wonderful light. So he's saying, man, I don't make junk. Quit calling yourself no good for nothing. Quit calling yourself you'll never amount to anything. Change your whole script. I don't know who wrote your script, but God has one for you that he created you, and he wants you to live it out. And he says, you're my possession." Some of you are into collectibles. You collect stuff. Some of you collect playing cards. I mean, like, you know, athletic cards, baseball cards, basketball, football, you know, whatever. WWE, Pokemon, all that. You collect stuff. Some of you collect this and that and that and that and this and that. I know this one lady that collects those collectible plates. And she's all in love with Elvis, so she's got a bunch of Elvis plates. Ooh, love me tender, love me sweet. Oh, you ain't nothing but a hound dog. And I don't even like Elvis, but she sure did. Those things were valuable to her. Cards and stuff are valuable to us. But God says, you are my possession. God says, let me show off my people. Let my people who are called by my name do something great. Because you are mine. So quit abusing yourself because you are mine. Quit bad-mouthing yourself because you are mine. You're not that tonto, 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 tonto. You are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's own possession. Romans chapter 8, verse 38 and 39. He says, for I'm convinced that nothing can ever separate you from God's love, from God's love. You see, God loves you. He loved you before he made the earth. Neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor demons. Neither our fears of today, nor our worries about tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate you from God's love. No power in heaven above or in the sky above, or in the earth below. Instead, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. 
And this is what we need to teach our husband and wife and son and daughter and father and mother and brother and sister and grandchildren, grandparents. We need to tell them that you're chosen, you're approved, you're accepted, you're loved by God. 1 Corinthians 1.30 says God has united you with Christ Jesus. So you and I are in Christ Jesus. We're united with Christ Jesus for our benefit from God made him to be wisdom in itself. Christ made us right with God. He made us pure and holy. We need to start living holy lives, guys. And he freed us from sin. Hallelujah. So this is what we need to start talking about. This is what we need to discover in our life, in the life of our husband or our wife, in the life of our son or our daughter, our parents, our children, our grandchildren, our friends. We need to help them discover that, that they are loved, accepted, and chosen by God. The second thing they need to discover is they need to discover that you are valuable and priceless to God. That you're valuable and priceless. That there's no price they could put on you. You aren't garbage. Look what it says right there in Isaiah chapter 43, verse 4. Others were given in exchange for you, but I traded their lives for yours because you are precious to me. You're precious to me. That word precious is highly favored. You are highly favored. God says you are highly favored to me. You are honored and I love you. Man, this is what God is saying about us. So quit believing the lie of the devil. Quit believing the report of the the devil. Believe the report of the Lord. He calls you precious, honored, and highly favored. Loved by him. In the book of Genesis, chapter 1, verse 26, he says, God said, let us, and he's talking to God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. He's talking to the Trinity. He's saying, let us make human beings. Let us make man. Let us make mankind in our image. You understand we're made in God's image? In other words, we are made higher than the animals, higher than the plants, higher than this world, higher than the universe. We are supreme above all. They're trying to now lower the, the, the quality of life. They're trying to lower the value of human beings. They're saying that animals are equal to us. No, they're not. He says right there, you've been made in our image to be like us. They will reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, the the livestock and all the wild animals on the earth and the small animals that scurry along the ground. He's saying, you are above all these. There's a lady in Florida that married a dolphin. And I'm not talking a football player. No, she married a dolphin, the fish. What kind of crazy nonsense is that? How do we even know the dolphin said, I do? Maybe he was going, 
Like, I don't want to, I don't, I don't want to bury this nut. Doesn't she know she's a human and I'm a fish? What's wrong with her? Marrying a dolphin. Oh my gosh. You are above that. You are in, made in God's image. 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 23, God paid a high price for you. So don't be enslaved by the world. You're valuable. You're priceless. People speak into your life all the time. People say things to you, and they start, they recategorize you. They relabel you. They put a name on you that, that it doesn't even apply, but they apply it. Hey, tonto. Hey. Hey, dumb one. Hey, you'll never amount to anything. I don't even know why you go to school. You don't even go to school for the lunch. What's wrong with you? And they put you down, and you start believing that garbage. I've shared my journey with you. My first language was Spanish. I didn't know English. I go to kindergarten, I didn't know English. I went to kindergarten five days. I was a kindergarten dropout. (laughs) So my mom and dad go, poor guy, pobrecito. I think he's afraid because he doesn't see his sisters there. So they they talk to the Catholic school that my sisters went to, and they go, hey, can we put our son in? He's only five. Oh, yeah, if you're going to pay us, do it, <laughs> you know? So I was I started first grade as a, a, fifth, a five-year-old. But I didn't know any English. And so I, I, I was learning, learning, and I've always felt that I don't know how to read. But you know what? I know how to read. I just don't read as well as other people. And so in our reading class, I've shared some of these stories before, but in the reading class, everyone had to read a paragraph. And so I would look and say, okay, I'm in this row. So I go, if the teacher goes this way, this way, this way, that way, I'm going to read this paragraph. But if she goes this way, that way, this way, I'm going to read this paragraph. And if she goes this way, this way, this way, this way, I'm going to read this paragraph. Come on, some of you know exactly what I'm talking about because you were all freaked out reading too. And I was just there, practice, practice, practice. I wasn't even listening. I just know, okay, they're coming this way. So when that one finished, I knew I was next. And the teacher sat up in front. But the minute Richard was going to preach or, or read, she would come and stand right next to me, right behind me, Mrs. Kirby. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my. Come on, all of you had a Mrs. Kirby in your life, didn't you? It wasn't her name, but I'm telling you, they messed you up. You're just dumb, Richard. You're just dumb. I don't know what's wrong with you. Put up the next verse, 1 Peter 1, 18 and 19. Now, look, I get nervous reading, and they put the words up there so you know what it's supposed to say. And sometimes I'll go, for know that God paid a ransom to save you from the empty life that you inherited from your ancestors. And it was not paid with mere gold and silver, which might lose 
See, it doesn't say might, but I would say that. Sometimes I think that. I go, why? It doesn't say might. Why did I say might? And Mrs. Kirby goes, go, it doesn't say might, Richard. It doesn't say might. Which, instead of saying which lose their value, I'd go, which might. It doesn't say might, Richard. So then she'd get my hair and twist it. Like if that's going to make you, oh, Mila, it doesn't say might. I'm reading perfect now. Pull on their hair. Works every time. No, it didn't work. I get all freaked out. And now I got to read it in front of you. Sometimes I don't read the word perfect and you guys go, wow, what version is he reading? I'm reading the Richard Mansfield version, which lose their value. Now he's saying you weren't, pay, you weren't ransomed by mere silver and gold. You were ransomed, verse 19. It was the precious blood of Christ, the sinless spot, spotless Lamb of God. That's who bought you. That's how you were redeemed. So know your value. Know you're priceless. Know that you are, you are highly favored before God. You are highly favored. You gotta come to know that. You gotta come to receive that. That word precious, it's, it, the, the, the Greek word is poema. It's, 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 it, no, wait, I'm on the wrong one right now. I'm, Mira, I'm already ahead. It's the next verse. But you're valuable. You're priceless. And it brings you to the next point, the next stepping stone. you got to discover that you have something to share with the world. You have something to share with the world. God created you. He does not make junk. He made you perfect. He formed you in your mother's womb. He made you so that you could have a testimony. And he made you the way you are. That guy, Vic, and I don't know how to pronounce his last name. He was born without arms. He was born without feet, legs. He's just a stump of a man. On this side, he just has a hand. He calls it his flipper. A hand right there. And where it goes? That guy, I met him personally. That man has such a powerful anointing. He preaches. He, he goes swimming. And he, he goes with his little flipper. Orale, and he just, it's this guy. Why was he born like that? I don't know. But what I know is that he has something to share with the world. And he has something to say. I might have some disabilities on the outside, but I am powerful on the inside. <laughs> Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. For you are God's masterpiece. That word masterpiece, the Greek word there is poema. And that's where we get the word poem from. You're God's masterpiece. You're his poem. Roses are red, violets are blue. God created you. Deal with it, okay? <laughs> okay, I didn't say I was a poet. I'm just saying God has created you. So accept it. Celebrate it. Say, I wonder why he made me like I am. I don't know why, but he wants to use it for, your glo- for his glory. I don't know why you've gone through some of the stuff you've gone through in life, but he wants to use it 
for his glory. He created you. He created us anew in Christ Jesus so that we can do the good things that he planned for us long ago. In other words, he has a plan for you and he has something for you to share with this world. And you know what? A lot of times he puts people right in front of you. I always joke around saying I'm a wino, dino, and a dingbat. But yet, you know who God brings in front of me all the time? Wino, dinos, and dingbats. I go, God, come on. I don't want to have to go tell them all this story of all the stupid things I've done. He goes, then don't tell them all the stupid things you did. Tell the amazing things I've done to take you out of those stupid things that you did. Your story is your story. Share your story. My sister, I was talking to her yesterday, my oldest sister. She lives in El Paso, and she goes, my family calls me Tony. My middle name's Anthony. Ricardo Antonio, they call me Tony. She goes, hey, Tony. I was talking to her yesterday. She goes, I tune in on Sunday first to see how you're doing. She goes, mira, you grew a goatee, and it's all white now. I go, yeah. I go, some people think I dyed my hair because it's not full of white. She goes, do you dye your hair? I go, no, I didn't dye my hair. But some people do. So for the record, I don't dye my hair. She goes, so I check in to see how you're doing. I want to see how you're doing. And man, you have some good things to say. And you know what she's saying? You were so stupid. You did some stupid, stupid, stupid things. And it's just the glory of God. I, I, I can't believe you're a pastor, Tony. You're a pastor. You're a good pastor. And I go, thanks, sis. I go, thank you. And she says, and you say some good things. And I go, well, then why haven't you changed? I'm, I, I mess with her all the time. <laughs> she's an amazing woman of God and amazing. She's a retired nurse and she just uh, loves the Lord and, and has an amazing card ministry. Uh, but she's sharing what God has her to share. Colossians chapter 2, verse 9 and 10 says, For in Christ lives all the fullness of God. So in Christ the fullness of God, the power of God, the glory of God, the authority of God, everything is in Christ in human body. Verse 10. So you are, you, uh, for you also are complete through your union with Christ, who is the head over every ruler and authority. So he's saying that in Christ is the full power of God, and you're in union with God through Christ, so that means all the power of God, all the authority is also in you. So it's like a police officer. If a police officer stands there and says, stop to a car, who's more powerful? Obviously the car is. He could take that cop out in nothing. But when the cop says, he doesn't say stop in the name of Richard. He says, stop in the name of the law. Now he's more powerful than the car. 
Because his authority supersedes the power. Do you understand your authority in the Lord Jesus Christ supersedes the power of the devil? The devil comes at you, but by God's authority say, you know what, devil? Get out of here. Leave me alone. Go to hell where you belong. You have no authority here because I'm under the authority of the almighty God. You need to discover that. You need to live in that. You need to share that. 2 Corinthians 3, 5 and 6 says, it is not that we think we are qualified to do anything on our own. Our qualifications come from God. And he goes on to say, he has enabled us to, to be ministers of his new covenant. Every single one of us is a minister. I might be a pastor, but you're all, we're all ministers of his new covenant. This is a covenant not of written laws, but of the Spirit. The old written covenant ends in death. But under the new covenant, the Spirit gives life. So that's why we say in Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through what? Christ, who gives me that strength. And it brings me to the last thing, the last step we need to share. And that last step is we need to discover that we're totally forgiven in Christ. We are completely, totally set free. Whom the Son is set free is free indeed. In 1 John chapter 1, verse 9, it says, If we confess our sins, and if we confess our sins, God is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all wickedness. All we have to do is confess. In Romans chapter 8, verse 1, he says, so now there's no condemnation for those who belong to Christ, for those that are in Christ Jesus. So if you're in Christ Jesus, you're forgiven. And I'm no longer a sinner. You're no longer a sinner if you give your life to Jesus, but you still might sin. So when you sin, you say, Father, forgive me, I have sinned. And boom, he forgives you, and you're forgiven, and you start living as a holy woman or man of God. And we need to totally understand that. We've got to tell our husband that, our wife that, our son and daughter, our brother, sister, our father, mother, our friends and neighbors, our grandchildren, our grandparents, people that we love. Because let me tell you something, the devil has a way of crippling us and telling us We're not forgiven, we're no good, we're all messed up, and we buy into that nonsense, and we live defeated. In the book of Isaiah, chapter 43, verse 25, he says right there, I, yes, I, says the Lord, I, yes, I alone will blot out your sins for your own sake. And he goes, but for my own sake. He's saying, I forgive you for my own sake and will never think of them again. God doesn't throw them back in your face like some people we know. Don't point them out. Don't say, see, 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 did you hear what the pastor said? Don't do that. Some husbands leave all their broken ribs and everything. And some wives leave all, God, quit pulling up my hair. I'm already losing enough. You don't need to pull it out. Well, listen, listen, listen. Ephesians 1, verse 7. He is so rich in kindness and grace 
that he, God, purchased our freedom with the blood of his son and gave and forgave our sin. That's why he says in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 32, and he speaks it so clearly, he says, instead, and the verse right before he says, don't, don't hold on to bitterness and rage and anger and wrath and unforgiveness. He goes, instead, be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. So he's saying, you know what? When you stop to think of what God forgave you of, you ought to be more forgiving. Because all I know is, you know what you did last night? He forgave. He forgives. Some of you guys are going, really? Thank God. You know what you did, and so does he. And yet he loves you. He loved you before you did it. He loved you after you did it. But he didn't love what you did. But he loves you. You've got to accept the fact that he accepts you. He chose you. He loves you. He values you. You're priceless. He wants to use you. And he wants to give you a voice to say, I'm forgiven by the blood of the Lamb. Thank you, Lord, for your forgiveness. Thank you, Lord, that I can forgive others because I know how much I've been forgiven. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. This means that. He goes, this means that. And what does it mean? He goes, this means that anyone who belongs to Christ, who is in Christ, has become a new creation, has become a new person. The old has passed away. Old things are passed away. The old is gone. A new life has begun. All things have been made new. It's brand new. Isn't that what you want to live in? Some of you have rejected that. Today I've been telling you that God has chosen you. He has accepted you. He loves you. He values you. You are priceless to him. And he has a calling on you that he wants you to share with this lost and dying world. And he wants to forgive you. And if you have never given your life to Jesus, man, I pray that you would accept his love today. That you would say, yes, Lord, I give you my heart. I give you my life. I want to be yours. And if you have never, ever done that, and you want to do that today, raise your hand. Anyone here today? Anyone here? Just raise your hand and say, you know what? That's me. I've never received Christ. Anyone want to give that, their life to Jesus today? I, I, want to, don't, I just want to make sure I, I don't leave anyone out. Well, then you know what? I'm praying that for those of us that have given our life to Christ, that we live in the knowledge of the discovery of who he made us to be. That you live under his anointing, under his authority, under his power, because you are highly favored. You are blessed. You are anointed. You are called. You are highly favored. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray right now, Lord God, that you would help people shed their name from the past. Useless, worthless, 
never amount to anything. And that from this day forward, they would walk under the new identity that they've discovered in you. So, Father, I pray blessing in the name of Jesus. Would you stand with me? I, I just want to open up the altar if you have something going on. Maybe it has nothing to even do with the sermon. Maybe you're challenged by something else and you're going, I'm overwhelmed. I need prayer. There's people that want to pray with you. We're going to take time to just cry out to God. If you want to cry out to God for a certain situation, please make your way up right now. We, we want to pray with you. We want to stand with you. We want to agree with you. We want to say thank you, God, for how you heal lives, restore lives. Lord, I have discovered today that you chose me, you love me, you accept me, you put value in me, and I'm priceless, and you have a calling for me, and I want to use my calling for your glory. Father God, I pray that, Lord, I would receive your forgiveness so that I can help others learn how to be forgiven. For those of you that feel like man, I'm, I'm, I'm just free and I'm right with God. As they're praying up here, and those that want to stay in the sanctuary in the spirit of prayer, I pray that you stay and just worship, sing, sing this song, but if you feel you need to leave, quietly be dismissed. Quietly be dismissed. I pray blessing over you, but we're going to take time to pray and worship God. Sing this out, would you?
pray, Lord, that this upcoming series, Lord, on family stepping stones, Lord, would just transform our lives, Lord, in a supernatural way, Lord, in the way that only you can do it, Lord. Lord we thank you for this time, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray, Lord. Change our hearts, Lord, now change the way we live, Lord, the way we impact this lost and dying world, Lord, and how we conduct ourselves, Lord, outside of the walls of this church, Lord. Lord, be with us now, Lord. Keep us safe, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Church, we ask that, uh, that if you be dismissed, that you'd be dismissed in a spirit of worship, church, as we be stay in the spirit of worship here at the altars. God, you have really spoken into our lives, and you're still speaking. Lord, there's some that gave their life to Jesus up here. They didn't raise their hand, but they raised their voice. Father God, I pray empowerment to them. Father God, for each one of us, I pray that we receive the anointing and authority to live in victory. Lord, we thank you, love you, bless you, and pray in God's glorious name and God's people said amen. We love you church. Thank you for staying. God bless you. Don't forget next Sunday our missionary from Europe is going to be sharing a few minutes with us. God bless you all.